your host. I'm Hector. I'm Jason. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. Oh, yes, we do. And uh, this week, we're continuing our travels through the multiverse uh, with Disney Plus, um, their anthology, What If? Marvel's What If? And this episode, we're covering uh, kind of a exciting episode uh when i saw it in the lineup it's um what if zombies and tarot bang there's an tarot bang at the end usually is this a question mark at the end of this one it's a question mark and an exclamation point so i thought that was pretty interesting uh i like how they've been titling the episodes and uh this one was pretty fun um so we're, we're gonna do that and then um we'll have an, a couple other things we'll discuss as well um but um i, I wanted to uh a lot's happened lately, uh, I'm sure you've noticed, Jason, with uh, schedules, with movie schedules, stuff like that. Um, the last time we recorded with Jason, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> with with you and Matt and Ian was uh, one of uh, we, we had discussed, or I brought up that Venom got pushed back to 2022. Right. That same fucking morning <laughs> after we, re- we hit stop on the recording, it got pushed back to this year. And then, like, a day later, it got pushed back even sooner. So it's, it got pushed back to, like, so it's it's two weeks earlier than it's original. So it went from whatever its original date was to next year and then back to October, but then two weeks sooner. So it's, like, October 1st, I think, it comes out, when it was supposed to come out, like, in the middle of October. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on there. I, I bet you it's, I bet you it's, since everybody's moving, shifting, like, Somewhat, you know, uh, Disney movies kind of shift a couple months back and forth, depending on what's going on in the world. And all the other studios are doing the same thing. So I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it. Strategizing what what movies come out that weekend, how other movies are doing in the box office. Exactly. So So, since there's a lot uh, uh, during times when there isn't a global pandemic going on, shit like that does happen. Yeah, it does. Uh, But more so when everybody's just kind of like dipping their toe and whether or not they want to release mm-hmm. their uh, movie uh, fully theatrically or um, Venom. I'm pretty sure it's just theatrically. That's my understanding. Yeah. I'm not positive about that, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, and that reminds me. So uh, that was a correction from the last episode we did with the, uh, the entire group, the entire mind, gr- mind grenade uh, crew. Um, there's uh, there's been a, there's been a lot of movies that have shifted around. The uh, the t- two Tom Cruise movies got pushed to next year. Top Gun and uh, Mission Impossible 6, I think it is. And um, so, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of that going on. Um, we, we were going to do, or at least we still can, uh, a Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten on the Vine prediction for Venom, Dune, and No Time to Die, the 007 movie. But Dune's already got reviews. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, and by the time we get together again to record again, Venom will probably already have some reviews. So we'll have to just kind of like figure something out with that later. Okay. Because there, there's plenty of movies uh, coming out later in the year, like uh, Matrix Resurrections, for example. Yep. Um, there's something else there towards the end of the year that I can't remember now that was big. Um, but uh, so far, uh, Dune's gotten decent reviews for the couple like handful of critic reviews okay yeah so um that that you know that that's promising that doesn't mean exactly that it's a franchise in the making just quite yet i know denny villeneuve the director um really wants it to be uh a um a franchise just you know sequels and stuff yeah. yeah yeah so uh um yeah uh let's see what else uh oh and another correction i i kind of want to get these out of the way at the top of the episode is uh the last episode i did covering marvel's what if was for what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands uh i called this evil version of him i called him sorcerer supreme i was confused it's strange supreme okay yeah which leads me to believe that yeah this character or this version of the character must have been in the comics at some point uh, which you were a lot closer with your description because I just called him Jafar. From <laughs> yeah, he looked, yeah. yeah, he looked uh, quite evil like Jafar. Um, so um, I had those couple things to bring up. And then uh, let me get the spoiler review or spoiler alert out, out of the way here for our What If stuff. Uh, we, we're going to be talking in detail about the latest episode of What If Zombies. Uh, 
And uh, if you're not caught up, uh, this is your spoiler warning. Uh, if you don't want anything here spoiled, which there is some stuff to be spoiled in this episode. Uh, there's a there's a cliffhanger at the end that's pretty um, pretty wild. So, um, did you want to bring anything up that's not what if related? Well, let's do that after. I would say. Yes, because I do have a couple things after as well. But um, yeah, I just mainly want to get the corrections stuff done um, relating to previous episodes of My Grenade. So, um, let's see. Marvel's What If. Following the creation of the multiverse and Loki's first season finale, What If explores the various alternate timelines of the multiverse in which major moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe films occur differently. So, just uh, I did a little bit of explaining of this um, on the last episode, but I figure most people listening to this already get it. But yeah, this is like a little divergence in what we've seen in the MCU films. Yeah. So especially this episode, because this episode starts out the way Endgame starts out, right? Or Infinity War, Infinity War, where Hulk just kind of shoots out of the sky and lands at the uh, Sanctum Centaurum. So um, and and right away in this episode, we do spot like the the diverge where it's different. Yep. Because um, when he lands in the Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, Bruce Banner does. Um, there isn't uh, Doctor Strange or Wong waiting for him there. Um, so right away, and then and then we get introduced to uh, to the Marvel Zombies, which um, I've read some of the Marvel Zombie comics back in the day. They 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 are kind of like this, kind of like gallows humor, kind of dark humor. Um, in the narrative in the story um but and then also the the fact that the uh zombified characters retain their powers that's crazy and they yeah, know how to use them mm-hmm. uh so that's a lot of fun that's uh, one of the first things you get used to your modern day pop culture zombies that we've been mm-hmm. seeing to just to have pop cu- <laughs> these these zombies retain superpowers and super strength and stuff like that. Yeah, the ability to uh, shoot arrows at an expert level, yeah, like, yeah, shit yeah. like that. It's like wow, like because <laughs> uh, they 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 do tradition. I mean, they have the physicality. Well, um, Cap seems to be very the, the the zombie Cap seems to very be very quick and has fighting ability. But like their bodies do seem like they're decomposing and falling apart sure, at the yeah. same time. <laughs> so, but then, but then, uh, but then, like, uh, uh, and I am jumping around a little bit. But Scarlet Witch, um, she's very scary in this because she has her full capacity, like yeah. uh, capabilities. Um. So, uh, let's see. This episode starts out. Let me see. What do I got here? So yeah, um, Bruce Banner shows up. Um, the, uh, there's a, there's a drop of exposition, isn't there, where the Watcher explains that Janet Van Dyne, when she, when she's getting rescued by, um, Hank Pym, she has been infected by some kind of quantum virus. Quantum virus, yeah. Yeah. So that's really, that's a big mystery in this. Uh, cause what the fuck? Where does that come from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we spoke before, uh, Jason on here. Uh, we did one of these what if episodes with, with the guys. Uh, it was mainly you and I tackling it, but we had, uh, brought up how it doesn't seem like these episodes are gonna, um, at least at first, it didn't feel like they would connect at all. Right. But now it's starting to seem like, especially this episode seems like it might be, it, it might, be a first part to a second part it does feel like that we're going somewhere with this mm-hmm. but it's hard to it's hard to say for sure but yeah yeah uh and then the previous episode had dr strange um and uh uh communicating uh, through dimensional portals with other creatures from other dimensions and one of them was that tentacle creature that we saw in the very first episode of what if um when uh, they open the, a portal to another dimension, and it's that same tentacle kind of creature, Shuma Garath, I think, is what the internet uh, nerds are like We're speculating. Calling. Okay, yeah, it's one like some tentacle creature from the Marvel comics. From I don't even know what okay comic right. like Doctor Strange comics maybe, but either way, that that's leading. That's I'm, it's making me wonder if yeah, if eventually all this stuff will wrap into some kind of like story that connects. Um, 
especially with the uh, watcher being more um, more part of the story or, or more in the forefront of these episodes. Uh, but um, so, what what are your thoughts on the uh, quantum virus? Like, what do what do you think there? That's crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't know how in the the comics if. Like how? What, do you know what the origin story is? There, oh, with the, with the with the uh, zombie stuff. Um, it did have to do with the Watcher, okay. and it did have to do with another character we haven't seen in the MC movies. So, uh, oh, character is that? Um, the uh, damn it! It's like a Superman type character that's in the Marvel universe that hasn't showed up. So, what's his name? I forget his name. I'll look it up. But yeah, this is slightly. This is a different like. Uh, nexus like origin point for yeah. the Marvel, but but the comics do, from what I've read, do traverse dimensions. Like they'll, they, like um, the origin of the Marvel zombies in the comic, it, or originate in one multi or one dimension, and then starts to invade the other dimensions. Okay, including uh-huh. the six one six, which is the prime Marvel universe in the comics. Okay. So there's a lot of that going on already from the um, from the source from the comic book, and, and they're doing a good job in in the fact that they are making sure that everything has a starting tie-in point yeah. um, to w- what the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we're used to seeing, and so this is doing the this is doing the same thing and doing it well is where we've already seen her they go rescue her from the quantum realm, so they're taking that story point and say, okay, well. What if she mm-hmm. has some sort of disease from being there so long? Yeah. And then they're using that to tie back everything mm-hmm. um, to start it. And then st- and then starting the zombies with a similar tie-in point to where Hulk's appearing. Because Hulk hasn't been there. Yeah. yeah so yeah. then that would be perfect to bring him back. Yeah. Um, after everything's occurred, so that you can do it Walking Dead style. So mm-hmm. where, where everything yes. is already broken out. and Yeah, yeah. That's the way to do a zombie story. Yeah. It's already been going on for uh, whatever, a couple weeks long, or yeah. a month or yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, they they these at least oh, this is the fifth episode. Yeah, episode five. Uh, they've really used the Ant Man movies quite a bit for this stuff for these episodes. Um, because there was that one episode where what if the Avengers were all killed or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We we didn't snap. get we we. Didn't reveal spoilers for that one, but you didn't end up being oh, well. We were yeah. talking about it because the other two guys were on, but yeah, yeah having Hank Penn be the the, 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 the killer, the killer, I thought was great mm-hmm. the, with the, the motivation of yeah, mm-hmm. um, being killed and that character in the comics too has had like a dicey kind of um they 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 disnified him quite a bit in the in the movies and he has been a hero in the comics, mostly a hero, but there's sketchy stuff that in his past hank pym so it doesn't like the nerds don't get all bent out of shape if we decide to make him a villain suddenly for something especially he had a motivation in that his daughter had been killed and so you know right right right. on a shield mission and he was even done in the he wasn't done in the no man suit no he had the yellow jacket he had the yellow jacket suit on yeah well see man i love that they they um it doesn't seem like dc movies are that thoughtful with stuff. They just do what they're going to do where with the Marvel movies and their universe, they go back and reuse stuff. Um, for example, I just watched that Shang-Chi and the abominations, that movie, that character could have been completely for- forgotten. Okay. But like, wouldn't it be weird for a Hulk like character to just like, yeah, we, we never talk about like, and then it didn't exist. Like, no, like, a human character in the Incredible Hulk movie getting lost in the shuffle of other humans is one thing, but this giant Hulk-like character just completely this nobody no knows one it, yeah. talks about it or anything would be strange. So uh, I like that they uh, they go back and and um, use elements from any of their movies, regardless of whether they're they're, they're not just mining the Captain America movies; they're mining all their movies. Yeah. They are they're very well thought out and mm-hmm. you can tell that they're that they are setting everything out before they they really get into the details. They're kind of yeah. laying out their template of where 
where they're starting, where they want to go, and all yeah. the different points they want to be at during the way, mm-hmm. and then filling in the details from there so that there's this there's just general direction of everything and all yeah. these characters and yeah, it uh, especially this show. If if this show is going, if there's a tapestry that they're kind of building, like if it is, like my my theory is that yeah, the this watcher is like going to eventually have to get involved and then handpick heroes from each little story in this and uh, from each multiverse to come together to fight something that's um, that's threatening the entire multiverse. Uh, so I, I, if that's, if that's this end game, then like that had to have like, cause you, you, each episode's a different universe, a different story. And, but if they all, if they're all going to tie together, that's a lot of like planning with the, uh, what is it? Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's got the fucking string, the yeah, board, yeah, the string the, that has had. Like with this show, especially it's uh. But then, but then you think of this show in relation to Loki, and then and then you keep pulling back, and then the movies. Like it's, it's a lot, um, to coordinate. But then even when you're just like focusing on this show by itself, that's a lot to coordinate within just the parameters of this show. So it's a lot of um. I it's it's amazing that they're making it work. I mean, um. Yeah, this the show is incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. just, it exceeded everyone's expectations from the animation to the stories to the yeah to the way that they're doing things. It's yeah. Uh, the voice cast. I'm so glad they got a lot of. The, uh, we were speaking before we got on the mic about uh, Chadwick Boseman being in this episode. I didn't real. I, I figured that episode where he was Star Lord. I figured that was the last time we were going to hear. It's like that. That was his last performance. Maybe it was. Maybe these are filmed or recorded out of order. But regardless. I didn't. I didn't know this was. We were gonna hit, see his character pop up, pop up again. Uh, but he was great in this. The rest of the voice cast, I really enjoyed it. There was um, John Favreau as Happy Hogan. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, they made a little joke about how even in the zombie apocalypse, he's still driving everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, um, Evangeline Lilly as a uh, Hope Van Dyne. Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. Paul Bettany. They, they were. It, it was Mark Ruffalo. Um, Paul Rudd. I, I was wondering if Paul Rudd was just in that very beginning part when he gets attacked, but then later on he comes back as a just a disembodied head, F- Futurama head. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help to when I saw him in this show think of the Futurama. Yeah, because it's exactly what it looked like. I'm surprised they didn't make a reference to it yeah. or anything in, in, in the uh, in the show. Um, David Del Dalmatian uh, plays Kurt. He played the uh, character, uh, one of the goofballs and um and ant-man one of the guys that helped uh, paul rudd's character and that uh he was a uh, polka dot man in suicide squad, in suicide squad yeah. the suicide squad yeah he uh he was in this as well so it's kind of like a rag ragtag team of avengers in this mm-hmm. and um it, it's cool that they bring back the entire um voice cast including Chadwick boseman there uh they uh they, they couldn't get tom holland i'm not sure why and uh and then they had somebody else uh, voice Steve Rogers in this, but um, but yeah, pretty much everybody else, which is great. Like, why not? Especially after last year too. I'm not sure when they recorded this, but this would have been an easy production during COVID mm-hmm. because they can they usually do voice casting um, separate. They could draw this all. I mean, you know, the animation can be done separately, six yep. feet apart. Uh, essentially, uh, the voice casting, everything. Yeah, so. Um, this is a show that probably, if if we ever are in the same situation <laughs> years from now, this show can just keep going on, especially if they keep the voice the voice cast there. Um, I was fooled by the actor playing Tom um, Tom Hall or Peter Parker. I, I if I didn't go look it up, I would have thought that was Tom Holland. Um, what else did I want to bring up? Okay, so um, there's a couple things in here. We talked about how we weren't sure. Or it seems like this is like a first parter. Uh, well, first we got the whole thing that happened with the vision, which was fucking that was weird. That was a yeah. weird part of this episode. So yeah, they show up to the facility and and they think that they've been saved. Well, first I guess we should mention the whole thing with hope with the she grows, but she's been bitten, right, mm-hmm. or scratched or something, and 
she sacrifices herself and makes herself big and walks them across those the field of zombies. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty, on people, just yeah. pretty cool scene. Uh, the one thing is you hoping for, like you hope didn't happen, was that like. I think I can't remember what it was. She like turned to a zombie like as she That's was what, walking. Yeah, that would have been just. I, I was kind of. I was like, I hope that doesn't happen. That just sounds like a nightmare. Where she like, as as she when opens her hand and she's a zombie and it just eats them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, they uh, yeah, the 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 uh, the dark humor mixed in with this the kind of gross. Uh, there's that scene where Bucky versus Zombie Cap, and he just throws a shield at him, chops him in half, and then just the, the two pieces of his body just slides off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the Vision seems like he's going to be their savior, like yeah. that he's, mm-hmm. and then uh, and he, he's kind of he's not really a bad or a good character. Yeah, he's kind of uh, a guy that's doing shitty stuff for what he feels like good intentions, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, overall, obviously, you can't chop people's legs off that are your friends and feed yeah. them to your zombie, uh, yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, that that whole part there was very strange. But uh, yeah, I guess for the story to move forward, they were gonna need the um that um the uh, mind stone that he had on his forehead. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like he could control the zombies and stuff with that, or maybe there's some some sort of or he could even reverse. Because mm-hmm. he reverses, well, just his head, which is strange. Yeah. But uh, anyway. He, he he pulls it off of himself uh, the way that Thanos pulls it off of him um, in, uh, in uh, Infinity War. Or like the uh, those those fans at that little Uzi Vert's concert where he got his... Diamond. It's a weird thing. Like, why not just go with them? Like, just take the... Yes, right. Yeah, that, I thought that was a weird... I don't know whether he would have done that. We're used to their cinematic... the The... The universe, cinematic universe, there's personality, so that's what we're connecting everyone, even though mm-hmm. this is a different universe. Yeah. But when the voices are the same and everything, yeah. you're, you're connecting and feeling that these are the characters that you're used to, even though they are a different universe. But, yeah, I mean, this is Santa Clara diet vision, yeah. right? Yeah. He's got a zombie girlfriend, and he's got to feed her stuff, and it's weird. But, uh, well, this except for this one's a super-powered witch at the same time. Yeah, I, I liked the idea, because that seems very threatening, uh, Scarlet Witch as a zombified version of herself. Uh, but just the whole plot device, of just this part of the episode just seemed very kind of ham-fisted and clunky. Just like, let's just get through this real quick, a bunch of exposition, and then we'll... And we're off, and we'll kill off a couple of the characters. That's that's what I like about this episode too. It was, it was structured like a zombie movie, where we get this ragtag team of, of characters, and not all as we go. Some of them get uh, taken yeah, out, it yeah. exactly was yeah. yeah as they're I, trying to traverse and yeah, yeah get Happy somewhere. Hogan with his little uh, blam blam yeah uh, little blam <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, when who's who's left there at the end? It's um, Spider Man. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, Black Panther, Ant Man, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least his head. His head's left. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, it, well, see, okay. Uh, back to the whole this possibly being a two-parter. We don't see whatever ends up happening to Bruce Banner yeah. or to the Hulk. We're assuming because he saves himself, right? When mm-hmm. he turns the turns himself his turns his arm into the hulk yeah as something's trying to zombies trying to bite him and it saves him so you're under the understanding at least i think you are that when he is the hulk his skin his green skin's mm-hmm. too tough for them to bite yeah. through and infect him so right you would think he's he's gonna survive yeah while <laughs> fighting all these zombies to get him away i'm assuming once they're away then he just runs off but yeah i'm wondering if uh because he 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 as he he's uh, sacrificing himself to let the other ones take off mm-hmm. the, the other heroes, he ju- he runs into that crowd and then gets overwhelmed. But then he turns. I'm wondering because if I man, I can't remember from reading the couple of issues of uh, the comic books whether or not there was a zombified Hulk. So did he he did he have a a, a, a brief run in with Scar- zombie Scarlet Witch there at the end though? Yes, that yeah. happened too. So okay. he's fighting her, and then that's the last we see yes. of that. So, so I, I'm wondering go. if there's a second part, whether he'll show up again as the Hulk. Yeah, so you wonder if he'll survive that then. Mm-hmm. Or either of those characters, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that tense moment where they're flying away and... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, Hope goes she to grab. Goes to grab. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it's that's horrifying. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they arrive at Wakanda finally, and uh, you can see through the, um, whatever that uh, barrier is that they have over Wakanda that it's been infested. But we don't know that it's not only infested, but Thanos, zombified Thanos is there, which I wasn't expecting. Um, you know, um, that episode with Star-Lord, uh, where um, T'Challa is Star-Lord, I, uh, Matt brought it up to me at work, and he was saying like he's been watching these episodes and stuff, and he said that one he didn't care for, and it primarily, or one of the main things was Thanos being a good guy in that. Okay. And, which, yeah, uh, it, to me it was jarring, because I wasn't expecting that, and we were already so used to Thanos being the end-all, be-all bad guy. Right. And uh, in this, I like that. That yes, I kind of agree with Matt that it's it was a little jarring, at least, uh, to just have kind of a joking kind of Thanos in that episode. It didn't take it didn't completely ruin it for me. I liked that no. episode enough, but uh, uh, it, when he brought that up, I did admit that it was a little jarring. It took me a minute to be like, "Huh, okay, uh, Thanos is in this episode, and he's part of the gang." Um, well, you know, I mean. His mo- his motivations he feel like it feels like is good. Mm-hmm. So to him, he's yeah. not a bad guy. Right, right. Oh, yes, especially even even when he was gonna use so the if Infinity Gauntlet. If yeah. he's convinced, yeah, Matt. If he's yeah. convinced <laughs> that he, there's a, a easier, or better way, then maybe, yeah. You know. uh, I, I like this. I like this uh, reveal here at the end. This is a great cliffhanger for an episode, especially a zombie episode. It, it, it's. It's similar to zombie movies where yeah. there is no um, happy re- resolution. I was going to say happy ending, but I'm trying to keep it for PG-13. There might be one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> they might. There, there's, uh, there's in, in, in most horror movies, but especially zombie movies, the characters think they got away, but at the end, the killer's in the backseat, or they get to, in a zombie movie, they get to an island, but then they realize the island's infested. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's the same situation here. What if there's a, a, a world in which Thanos was running a massage parlor as a masseuse? Yeah. There could be a happy nanny there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he's got the glove on and yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. He likes infinity, <laughs> your infinity stones. So. And an infinity massage. Uh, yes, that's a cool reveal at the end of this that we I wasn't expecting to see Thanos there, but a zombified virgin. Yeah, and yeah. he has uh, five out of the six stones. Five, right? Six? Six Infinity he Stones. Had, yeah, I don't remember, but he but did have some. The, the, yeah. It's usually six, right? The total, I think. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, But he's short one, and he's short the one that they're bringing to him, which is, yeah, it's a cool way to end an episode. Yeah. Uh, crazy. So this ending and then the beginning of the episode is what kind of like, what the fuck, like, did somebody engineer that quantum virus to get to Thanos? And zombify him? Or is that connected in any way? Or if, yeah, if it's just in the quantum realm and we blew it up by bringing her back. Mm-hmm. Like it was so tiny it couldn't infect us. But by blowing her up back big again, maybe yeah. the virus became big enough to... Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, the, it's, I, it's, I have a strong feeling they're going to come back to this. Like I don't see like... This feels very first half of a story. Or... Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I like that they kept with the with all the superhero tropes and the zombie movie tropes all the way through. Um, and um, <clears throat> I spoke to you about this off air is that uh, the comics that Marvel Zombies are based on are uh, were written by uh, Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead and um, Invincible. And uh, um, The Walking Dead was published in 2003, I'm pretty sure. And then the Marvel Zombie stuff started in 2005. And the Marvel Zombie stuff was like where he wrote the first miniseries, maybe the second one. And then he stopped working at Marvel and just primarily stuck with his stuff at Image. And then um, and then uh, Marvel just kept going with the zombie stuff. Uh, it... it, it It'd get really bizarre, like in the like. There'd be points in the story where like they've zombified the entire their entire universe, and there's like heroes floating, Marvel heroes floating on an asteroid, like floating through space, looking for worlds where they can zombify 
more, you know, uh, live people. But then something happens where they end, they somehow break through to another universe and they can zombify that. So it, it gets fucking crazy, <laughs> which is, it's comics. Comics are supposed to be kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Know? So um, it's uh, pretty fun stuff. Uh, it's, yeah, and it, and it gets pretty gory and that, uh, what I, how I called it, what I um, referenced earlier, gallows humor, that dark humor. Um. But uh, do you have anything else on uh, Marvel Zombies there? Mm, I don't think so. Or uh, what if in um, in general? Any of the other? Uh, yeah, you already kind of mentioned how you've uh, been enjoying this a lot more than you thought you would. Mm-hmm, I really have, yeah. Even even with the good Thanos, Matt. <laughs> you know, but to to re go back to that, the the thing that I is harder for me to believe isn't that Thanos has redirected his attention to his goal, is that. He he seems like the kind of guy that always wants to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's yeah. So, so that's in kind that of, situation, that's where not, I disconnect yeah. with it. Is the guy that he may buy into what you know T'Challa's selling, but he still maybe kind of want to be yeah, kind of the front man in the whole thing. Yeah, that's it's one of those things with this series that you're like, well, I'll go along with that, even though it is a little strange and it does kind of for a moment make me think. And it's like, oh, would he? Just follow along, or wouldn't he want to be doing his own thing or mm-hmm. be in charge? So there, there's stuff like that. Um, what's uh, I was going to wait to do this on the next episode when we're all together, but we can do this now real quick. Is uh, so it's it's uh, let's see nine episodes in total, but we've got five so far. How would you rank um, these episodes? Not by best, but just your what you've in, which ones you've enjoyed the most. I'd say for me, the Doctor Strange episode is number one. Ah, boy, uh, I think. Hmm. Let's see. There's five of them. Doctor Strange. The uh, the the Avengers. Who's killing off the Avengers is probably second. Zombies is three. The first episode is four. The one with Captain Carter. And. I don't know. I really like the Captain Carter one. Um, maybe the zombie, maybe the zombie one and the Carter one are tied. Uh, yeah. Let me see. I'm gonna write it down so I don't. Doctor Strange. So the one thing I know for sure, um, and to to please Matthew, is that the the Star Lord one is probably last. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange has to be one or two with with me for sure, because that that show has such a a deep arc to it with the characters and the motivations and the ending and the, the, the animation and everything that happens. Well, which the, episode? The Dr. Strange yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, the, the emotions and it, it, it combines like the, uh, like a, an emotion through that whole thing where you're connecting with strange who's trying to deal with this personal trauma yeah um and then goes what evil i guess but he's just really trying to obtain enough power to bring her back yeah so this 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 dark loss like him dealing with loss and it's pushing him farther and farther over the edge him everything but then but then literally everything yeah so there's just there's a lot of depth to that yeah. one plus it's really well done from an animation visually mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff so that show that episode i feel like has a lot more going on with it and just, and just a lot more to it to where it was just i mean from every angle it was mm-hmm. just awesome so, yeah yeah uh that one's for yeah i for sure know that the doctor strange is my favorite one the star lord's my least i still enjoy it my least favorite one the one, um, the high, the, not the heist one, but the whodunit one with the, the Avengers getting killed off. It might be my second. The zombies might be my third and Captain Carter's fourth. But I really like the Captain Carter one as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I, I think the Captain Carter one, I, I, I think zombies is four for me. Yeah. I think I'm going to push zombies all the yeah. way down and Doctor Strange one. Yeah. I like, uh, I was just thinking about Captain Carter when she gets that sword, that broad sword. It's pretty sweet. Uh, just her, uh, wielding the shield and, and a sword is pretty awesome. So yeah, for me, it's, it's Doctor Strange, the what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
the where, what am I missing here? Oh, the ones where they're uh, the ones being killed off. Being killed yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. And then the zombie one, and then yeah, Star Lord. That's how I would rank them mm-hmm. for me. So not not too far off from what you did. Yeah. Just one little flip there. Yeah, I think the zombie episode and the Star Lord episode has stuff in it that kind of stopped, like it kind of stopped me and was like, ah, do is that does that bother me? Eh, and it doesn't bother me enough, and I just move forward. It's uh, the zombie episode has that stuff with Vision and Wanda there in the middle. That's just kind of yeah. weird. It's more uh, it's more superficial in nature. Yeah, it just, it just you're trying to transverse a, yeah. the zombie apocalypse. You got these superhero zombies. And yeah, you, how do you try to fix this? Yeah, the know? the Doctor Strange episode and the Avengers being killed off episode. I don't remember what the name of that episode is, but those those just I kept. I, it uh, pulled me along without any kind of like, oh, I didn't care. That's kind of weird. It just, the, the story, especially the Doctor Strange episode, man, that just kept pulling me along and pulling me along. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like being blown away more and more. You get pulled into that episode with your characters and you really connect to those characters. So it really has something, mm-hmm. it really has some heft to it. That yeah, episode yeah. did. But the zombies just, and the Star Wars one just really didn't have that. Yeah. Um, the one where the Captain Carter one, you still get to see that the connection with her and the ca- and captain steve. american steve rogers mm-hmm. yeah and still that relationship building there and some of the things that she would go through during that time period as being a, the female you know the the female superhero super soldier of the time and how she's kind of rejected f- for for being that and stuff like that so it had a lot of good stuff in mm-hmm. that as well yeah so i i just think and then the what if they were killed off with the hank pin with his motivation with his daughter yeah. dying and blaming everybody for it so the storylines of those really there's so much more to to take away from those episodes yeah. than the last two so mm-hmm. i think that's really puts those in the top three <clears throat> you convinced me i i <laughs> i'm at <laughs> dr strange at number one the avengers being killed off at number two Captain Carter number three, zombies number four, and then uh, what if the child okay. Starless number, and and I like all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I did too. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, cool, man. All right, so we'll move on off of the uh, what if stuff, and we'll we'll uh, we'll have uh, more episodes, more what if episodes uh, covering the rest of the series. I wanted to bring up a couple different things, but uh, did you have any kind of crossing the stream stuff or anything you want to bring up? I, I, I had uh, some Rick and Morty related stuff and Matrix related stuff, but if you have other... Let's, let's because uh, I'm excited about talking to talk about that Matrix trailer. Let's no. go ahead and do that right now. What, uh, you know, we've talked a lot of, about a lot of stuff, a lot of movies growing up, but for some reason, I don't think we've ever really talked about the Matrix, not just even on the podcast, just like uh, off air, you know, uh, when we're just hanging out. Um, what's your, like, did you go watch the movies as they came out, the original three movies, or what was your initial? I do, I do believe I saw, it was a while ago, Yeah, I do believe I saw at least one, if not, at least one, if not all of them in the theater. I remember seeing in the theater, and I can't remember which ones, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I could have seen all three of them in the theater. Yeah. I think of, but I just don't recollect. But I know I at least saw one or two of them. Do you the have theater. memories? Do you have memories, vivid memories of when the trailers were dropping before oh, it makes yeah, anybody yeah. knew what the some Matrix of the, was. the the visuals in the first movie are just and the concepts and stuff were just not stuff that you had seen in action movies yeah. before. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people there's movie was just a lot just talked about a lot because yeah. it was so different and cool and. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and then you know, Keanu Reeves gets up. He just ends up being perfect for this role, mm-hmm. and uh, it's by chance because they went through at least yeah. a few other people Will Smith before they got Will Smith. Prime, yeah. uh, Nicholas Cage, I believe, was another one that turned down this role. Yeah. I don't know how many there were, but Nicholas Cage would have made this entirely different. I like, I and I'm not so, saying that yeah. as in a bad way, like, but it, yeah, uh, but yes, I agree with you. Keanu Reeves is perfect for this. Um. But yeah, it was exciting when the trailers were dropping for the original movie back in the day and like not knowing what the fuck to expect and then to get what we got and then for it to have such a, a effect on pop culture, like it's become yeah, such a big thing. All the memes are still out yeah. there. But the the big the lobby scene 
with all the that's, bullets flying. Uh, dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. I watched that maybe like I don't know if it was anticipation for this new movie or what it was, but it I, I ended up on a rabbit hole on YouTube, and it was that lobby scene where they walk in and they're at the um, um, metal detector. Mm-hmm. And the fucking the guard, these schlubby guards are like, "Hey!" And then he opens his trench coat and it's just fucking lined mm-hmm. with with uh, uh, artillery. And uh, they go through, dude. Uh, so I was, I had just watched that scene and I hadn't watched it in years. And I watched it in its entirety uh, on YouTube, and I was like, "Fucking, that's perfect cinema." Yeah, like I was like. Everything about that scene is just perfection, and it it holds up so well because they did that entire thing with practical effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't use CGI at all, so everything still yeah. looks great. Yeah, um, it you, took them like I heard, like I think the the scene is only a few minutes, but it took them days to yeah, film it. Yeah, just all that stuff, and you can see some of the background stuff. It's kind of funny with the things they were doing, but yeah, I mean, it turned out. They I added slow mo and yeah. other things in there, and you you see like. Uh, uh, debris coming off the walls when they're getting hit by um by bullets and stuff like that uh just the flips and all this other crap that they that trinity and, and and neil are doing it's 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 awesome that first that first movie probably the strongest one out of the three i i like the other two just there, there there's parts in the other two movies um reloaded and uh um revolutions Revolution. there's stuff in those movies that stand out but as a whole i think the first movie uh it is um it's the masterpiece yes yeah yeah. um at the same time i from watching this trailer we just watched the trailer to uh resurrections uh, matrix 4 that's uh due out in a couple months um it got it reignited my excitement for this franchise yeah uh i I, that doesn't mean it's going to turn out (laughs) i don't i who's to who's to i mean i can't tell if it's going to turn out uh favorably like the movie itself but from the trailer it got my attention Rem- yeah and re- remind me the last name but i can't think of Wilkowski. Their Wilkowski's, yeah yes. and this is just lana Wilkowski. um the, it was uh they're two brothers that did the first three the Wilkowski brothers did the first three they've transitioned since then both of them i think lana transitioned first and then her brother transitioned now sister transitioned they've been both busy since yeah. Matrix movies, like doing TV shows, I think like Sense Eight or something like that on Netflix was one of their shows. Um, uh, Lana was; they, they decided that she was going to be the director on this movie because the other sibling was busy with something else, and it was an am- amicable. It wasn't like they were fighting, right, right. or that the Warner Brothers only wanted Lana and not the other sibling. It was. Uh, but regardless, like having said that, that it's just the one director. This looks like a fucking Matrix movie. It just sure does. Yeah, <laughs> it's everything you would want. I mean, so, some of the scenes, the fight scenes, and things, and the effects, and the scenery and stuff that you're looking at, mm-hmm. it looks like you're you're right back in the, yeah. the Matrix world. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Those brothers, they um, this originally the first Matrix movie this re- originally being drawn up and created as a comic. It's what I remember. They uh, they had um, hadn't they worked like a little bit for Marvel? They worked at Marvel yeah. before, yeah, around that era, the late nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Um, the uh, all the movies were storyboarded by comic book artists, like okay. professional comic book artists. That I, because a lot of storyboard people in Hollywood have dabbled in comics, probably, but are primarily known for in the movie business and not like names you would recognize if you're a Marvel head. Gotcha. But with this particular franchise with the matrix movies, the storyboard people are rock star Marvel artists, you know? Um, so, but then I have a Marvel and not a Marvel. I'm sorry. I have a matrix comic graphic novel somewhere around here. Okay. And it is the guys that did the storyboarding for the movies got together with the Wachowskis to make this graphic novel with like anthology type. Okay. You ever, you ever, do you remember? Uh, I remember it pretty well. Cause I remember I bought the, there's a, there's an animatrix. Um, it was like, it was a, a DVD or a movie release, uh, straight to DVD where it was by done by the Wachowskis and they were like anthology, uh, stories. Like it was, uh, they had like 
five different Matrix stories in different animated styles. Like one of them was CGI. One of them was traditionally like anime. The next uh, story was done in a different style of art. Okay. Uh, it was called the Animatrix, and they they had different like. They have one story that was the origin of the Matrix, like how the machines uh, were made and then rebelled and then fucking took over. It's it's fucking awesome. Um, but uh, animation and comic books are a big part of what made the Matrix the Matrix, yeah. even though they don't talk about it or in the in the movies and, and stuff. But yeah, it's it's part of the DNA of the Matrix uh, as a franchise. For the the trailer, going back to the, the trailer, what a perfect song choice for this. Oh trailer. yes, that too. And I've always loved that song. White it's yeah, White my... Rabbit. It's been covered several times by Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. It, that because they they've talked about it in the first movie they talked about yeah, going, going down, down the down. rabbit hole. Yeah. So I mean, it's like you could and all the the Alice in Wonderland references that yeah. looks like we're gonna see because we even see. Uh, in the trailer, we see the books and look. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, what's the sequel? It's uh, looking, looking through the looking glass. Through the looking yeah. glass. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and the themes in the Lewis Carroll, I think, is the author of uh, Alice in Wonderland. All those themes that are in that book are very similar to themes in the Matrix. Just so you know, right? Um, Taking the pill that makes you bigger or yeah, smaller. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can think of it figuratively. In the yeah. Matrix. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, and they line it, it's, I don't know, um, I, I remember um, probably 10, it was around the era when the uh, uh, Sin City trailers were dropping, the uh, 300 trailers for those movies, so that must have been like 10 years ago or more, like maybe like 15 years ago, trailers were just like an art form onto themselves, and um, this trailer kind of reminds me of that era where this trailer was like the music was perfect. It wasn't, it just reminded me of like one of my pet peeves lately where it's uh, some new pop singer redoes an old nineties grunge song. Mm -hmm. And then it's part of the trailer and it's all this slow down version of a, like an old Nirvana song or something. I'm like, ugh, like this just goes straight to the source, Mm -hmm. gets the song the song makes sense with the story. Um, yeah, the feel of the song. Because there are some good covers of the song, but the feel of the song and the way that j- they did it originally is mm-hmm. really, it's just perfect for the feel of this trailer. Yeah, and, and yeah, and the way the trailer was assembled, mm-hmm. like the, the, the parts they chose. This has a very uh, also kind of, I don't know if it's going to be part of the movie at all, but it has a kind of a meta kind of thing. The, the end of the trailer ends with a, a guy going, huh, wow, can you believe it after all this time? it's you're back at the matrix or something you know yeah. and i was like huh because yeah it's been a long time for keanu reeves and then he is back in the matrix yeah so there's a meta-ness to the trailer the trailer makes you feel like he's back in a matrix so to speak and then they make these references like there's a scene where they're in the elevator and everyone's staring at their device mm-hmm. where we've i think we've joked about either mm-hmm. on this podcast or my other podcast mm-hmm. about how everybody's already just kind of connected mm-hmm. into the, the the matrix or whatever yeah. so um, so the re- modern references into this modernized type yeah. matrix and it's it's really cool and and uh he seems to have lost and even trinity right he goes he, yeah they don't know who they, they are no, like yeah. she has no idea who he is she had this peculiar bracelet on yeah you that? I'm like sure i don't that, know what that I'm is sure that has something but yeah he, there's a lot of there's a lot of like um callbacks like the birds and stuff yeah but the in one of my favorite parts of this trailer is you know he's he's controlled bullets during this franchise, yeah. but he fucking controls that missile. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he stops bullets in this as well too. He does. They they don't hold back with this trailer. They show you a plenty. They of really, stuff. yeah, because the one at the other that the missile part and the mirror part were my favorite yes. parts. Where he looks in the mirror and he sees an older version yeah. of himself. So it makes you wonder: is like, is that is he plugged back in? Is that what he looks like now, yeah, yeah. like in real life? So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, some of the cast, so like you said, Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity's in this. They brought her back. There's there's another actor, and it says on Wiki, on uh, Wikipedia that this actor is playing Morpheus. It's uh okay. So this is a young. It, I, I assumed it was a young Morpheus, mm-hmm. but I wasn't for sure. It's a. Uh, 
it's hard to pronounce his name, but he was in uh, Aquaman as Black Manta, and he also was uh, yes. Doctor Manhattan in um, in the Watchmen TV series yeah. on HBO Max. Yahya Abdul Mateen the uh, second, great actor. Yes, um, they, he's going to be Morpheus. It looks like in in this, um, and they've done this before in the in the Matrix movies where they've um, had a different uh, actor portray the same character. Um, Jada Pickens Smith is is in this. She was uh, Niobe in the other movies. Um, the Merovingians in this. I wonder if it's the same actor. The yeah, it's the same actor. The Merovingian was in Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. He was okay. like the one program that was kind of a gangster style program that um, uh, was kind of a an antagonist in the series. Um, yeah, the the agents are back. Yeah, the agents. agents yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Neil Patrick Harris is in this. You see him at the very beginning of this trailer. Christina Ricci's in this. I did not know that. She's uh, the one with the blue hair, right? No. Who's the one with the blue the, hair? Uh, the one with the blue hair is uh, Jessica Henwick. Oh, yes, 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 And yes. she was in Game of Thrones. I'm so terrible with actors. She was uh, The Force Awakens. She was in The Defender. She played Colleen Wing and Iron Fist. Uh uh, Canadian um, actress uh, or English actress. She looks like she's Asian as well. She's Canadian English. Yeah. What's the <laughs> difference, really? No. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, this movie. It's one of those movies where we've been hearing about for quite a while now, and I'm sure it got pushed back somewhat with the uh, with the uh, pandemic this past year. But um, it's like Spider-Man: No Way Home. It's one of those movies where it seemed like they waited to the last minute to show us anything about it. Because usually yeah. the way it goes, it's like, uh, you know, uh, 10 months out, you get a teaser trailer. And then eight months out, you get another kind of trailer, a full trailer. And then and then three months out, you get a full, big tra- final trailer. This is the very, 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 very first thing we've seen of a movie that's coming out in like three months. Yeah. And it hits you right Four over months, the head yeah. with it. Yeah. And the same with No Way Home. No Way Home comes out um, in December as in well. December, yeah, yeah. It does. So, uh, um, yeah. You know what just dawned on me? Trinity, she died <laughs> during the yeah, second or like third. Really third, died, third. Yeah. She died in the third one. Yeah. Well, he died as well in the yeah. third one. Like real death, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Like he sacrifices himself to. Well, yeah. Um, the title of the. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, for, I forgot. I just, it just, I forgot yeah. that she died during that. It's like some gruesome, like you know, shit, like Im- this, uh, this, this uh, Matrix movie is like Lucy. It's got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, which is fine. I take me for the ride as long as it's a fun ride, you know. Um, yeah, like you said a moment ago about the uh, kind of the parallels with like modern day. Uh, there's a lot of like, and and pills were kind of part of the story, the red pill, blue pill thing. Yeah. Uh, but it, this this really piles on the I whole, feel, I feel whole aspect. I feel like there's going to be something different. It's not going to be straightforward. He's pre-plugged. There's, there's going to be some twist. Mm-hmm. The blue pills are really for his erectile dysfunction because he's so old now. <laughs> That's a twist. There's going to be some sort of twist in here that's just not, something's not going to be quite what it seems. The I don't big know. Big pharma commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super excited for that. Definitely watching it in the theater. I think, uh, actually, uh, if people aren't, who's to tell what's, what, uh, day to day life is going to be like in December. So, um, I am hoping to watch this in the theater. It is getting a theatrical release, but it's also for people who uh, will want to stay in. It is going to be on HBO Max the same day. uh, Yes, I was just going to bring that Mm -hmm. up. I'm going to be, I have HBO Max, but, um, I'm definitely going to consider going to see it in the mm-hmm. theater because I just feel like the visuals yeah, yeah. might be worth it. Especially if it's an screen. IMAX. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, did you have other, uh, some other stuff to throw in here? Like um, any crossing the stream stuff? Not uh, related to. Um, yeah, I can do uh, only murders in the building. Now yeah. Yeah. Are. I know you wanted to bring up uh, the mayor of East town, mayor of East town, East town. Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yep, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It'd be fun to bring that up when the guys are here, because yeah. like uh, then they might ask questions I might not know to ask about that, and they might be interested as well. But but with only yeah, only merge the building is not done yet, so I feel yes. like we'll probably bring it up. Yeah, again. talk to me a little bit about it, because I I know it's kind of like a from what I've watched trailers wise, 
it's kind of uh, quirky humor, but it's also there's like serious dramatic stuff kind of yeah, going on as well. It is definitely quir- it makes a lot of quirky decisions in its storyline, but it's essentially these three characters. They live in the same building together, and um, the played by Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. which is an interesting matchup. So the Martins and Selena. And mm-hmm. um, they live in the same building. Something happens, and to where, and this is this is not any spoilers. Um, is essentially the beginning of the show. But they uh, they all have to leave the building. Alarm goes off, and they end up connecting. Um, somebody dies in the building. It's called a suicide. They end up connecting through this because they're curious. And they're like, "Oh, is it really a suicide?" Because. Once they kicked out, they have to go somewhere, and then they all kind of meet at this nearby, like a restaurant, cafe, or something like that. Only one table's left, you know, they store a story, bring them all together. So they all end up sitting at the same table, and what they realize is they're all podcasts. They all love this true crime podcast. They all do. So they end up connecting, the Martin Short character, the Steve Martin character, and the Selena Gomez character all connect over this true crime podcast. And then they start talking about this guy, and they're like, I don't really believe that. Because they'd just seen him in an elevator. So they're like, I don't really believe that he really committed suicide. So the show kind of follows them, their different personalities and backgrounds, them kind of investigating on their own with the the uh, the influence of the true cr- podcast, true crime podcasting world, and them loving that so much, investigating this guy's death to see whether he because they think now he's been murdered Mm -hmm. so that's essentially that's how the story starts and that's the storyline behind this is then they decide that they're going to invest they're going to look into this and then um they uh one of the characters wants to maybe create a podcast themselves and these guys different backgrounds yeah the characters do um Mm -hmm. so um one's been in uh one's been in uh theatrical uh, Chavez and one's been an actor before, and and then you know Selena Gomez's character has a completely different background. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so to it's interesting. It, it creates a a good dynamic between the two older guys and mm-hmm. the younger girl. So yeah. there's there's some good stuff there that can be created with the dynamics between yeah. those two, and you know comical back and forths and stuff. <clears throat> so well, Steve Martin and Martin Short have been doing stuff together for the last couple decades, like. They had they've had a show on HBO or something. They've had maybe not on HBO, but they've had they've been doing stuff exclusively together for quite a while now. And then in the past, they've done movies together with uh, uh, why can't I think of it? The, the Three Amigos and those type of movies back in the eighties. But more recently, in the last ten years or so, maybe fifteen, they've had shows together like. What am I thinking? Like, is it like theatrical uh, Broadway shows, possibly, or something? But they they've been closely working together for quite a while. And then Selena Gomez, super likable, and I think we might have talked about this off air when we were talking about this show in particular. Um, that she's getting better as an actress because she's not yeah. she's not primarily an actress. She she didn't she she's acted and throughout her career, but not. Like, yeah, and I think I think I saw where she's kind of this is uh, a career choice that she wants to pursue. Yeah, being like prom- Le- less of the pop star, more exactly. kind of going into exactly. the realm of acting. And you, her standing, you know, side by side with as a main character with these two very veteran yeah. <laughs> actors, and you can see I can I can kind of see it where she's she's still an actress that's kind of coming into her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't I don't dislike her in the show. Mm-hmm. Um. There's 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 parts where I can kind of see her as um, not being as of equal mm-hmm. to those other twos, those two. But um, yeah. it, it, it's not a, it's not a, I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, so it's just you know I, I don't her character is interesting. I just I don't I can't decide whether I really like her character or if I dislike her character. She's, she's so. the killer. No, I don't. Yeah, know. I haven't watched. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But uh, but yeah, Sting is in this show. Oh, is Pretty he? Sting okay, fans yeah. Are out awesome. There. I like Sting, yeah. So Sting lives in the building with them. Yeah. So there's some interesting interactions with with him uh, in the show too. So Yeah. Yeah, it it it, it makes it's unique. The show is very unique without giving away too many plot points in this as it goes along. The show makes a lot of unique decisions. These characters are pretty well built. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I I I so far I would definitely uh recommend it. 
Um, I think it's got some very high reviews. Okay. I can't remember. I think the last time I looked, like Rotten Tomatoes were like 100%. Okay. But um, I, I don't know if I would give it 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it definitely deserves high reviews um, because it does a lot of very unique and cool stuff. And it's the, the show's well done. So Yeah. It's uh, created by Steve Martin's one of the creators of yeah. the show. Yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just look into the cast. Amy Ryan's in it. Amy Ryan was in um, in the American Office, and she played B.D. Russell in The Wire. Amy Ryan did. She played the uh, she played the 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 security person, the police officer on the wharf on the uh, on the. Um... Okay, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. She, she's she's a cop. She is a cop, but yes. she's really just like patrolling uh, the port authority or whatever you want to yes, call it. Yes, I okay, I remember her character now. The yeah. docks. And uh, um, I bring that up because, uh, yeah, just uh, recently um, we just had another celebrity death with uh, Michael K. Williams, who was oh, yeah. next to Idris Elba on that show. It was probably the standout. He was. He really was. He yeah. was so great on that show. Yeah. And, and great uh, on another o- Omar, show. Omar, right? Omar his, Little, yeah. Yeah, Omar is his character. Um, and we were, we were just talking about how, you know, Michael K. Williams is one of those rare actors that, you know, didn't get lead roles a lot, but... With his 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 secondary roles, was mm-hmm. able to elevate shows. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. ba- just how good he was at yeah. playing those secondary characters. Yeah, it was. Um, he uh, if if you've not watched The Wire, watch it just because of his character. Like that, that's how good that character is. He, like yeah, he makes that phenomenal. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a shame when I saw that. You know, you you wake up you. His character Chalky on Boardwalk Empire yeah. is phenomenal mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, what else was he in? He he's been in, in stuff. Yeah, but it's oh, it's always like smaller roles. But uh, just uh, I, I saw that Amy Ryan from The Wire was on um, the show uh, uh, Only Murders in the Building, and it reminded me of um, yeah. He was in uh, the first season of Lovecraft Country that I've that's right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, to wrap up this episode of the podcast, I was going to bring up, I was going to recommend a couple episodes of Rick and Morty because the season finale of of, uh, season five just ended, and um, uh, that was completely just insane. But um, I wanted to recommend some episodes uh, from past episodes of Rick and Morty that just really stick out to me, even just thinking about them later. Is uh, there's a there's an episode called One Crew Over the Cuckoo's Morty. The names of the Morty, uh, Rick and Morty yeah. episodes are always insane. But that's uh, episode three of season four. And uh, they just make fun of like heist movies in that episode. And it's really great. And Elon Musk does a guest voice on that episode. But that's an episode you can probably just watch on its own. So that's uh, One Crew Over the Cuckoo's Morty. And that's uh, season four, episode three. And then the other episode I want to recommend is from season four. It's episode five, Rattlestar Rick Lactica. That's the one with the snake jazz. And uh, it's a, like a time-traveling space snake episode. That's the best <laughs> I can do to explain okay. the episode, but it's really good. And uh, remember that. Um, just coming off season five, I wanted to kind of jump on here and, and recommend some episodes from past seasons. But Your, your Rick and Morty plug reminds me. What We Do in the Shadows is yes. back for season three. Awesome. I'm so glad. I've seen the first few episodes. Yeah. If you haven't watched the show, people, and you like <laughs> comedies, you need to watch the show because it is just as good as it's been in the first yeah. two seasons. Awesome. So. Awesome. I, I still haven't watched the last couple um, episodes, the first two episodes of the new season. But yeah, that's been one of my favorite uh, shows in the last five years or so. Yeah. It's a- good stuff. FX uh, for cable and then Hulu, Hulu. is yeah. your streaming where you'd find mm-hmm. it. As well as the Rick and Morty episodes. I just yeah. recommended her on Hulu. All right. So, man, we covered quite a bit there. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, for the next couple episodes, we'll be continuing our reactions to episodes of What If as they drop. Um, Jason, uh, you want to tease anything for uh, uh, Listen Impossible, your, your other, the other podcast you produce? Yeah, sure. So we've done a couple recent spy. I don't know what this time because this comes out, but we've done a couple of recent episodes where we've uh, listened to some of the uh, old misheard lyrics where people mm-hmm. things that people hear, and then the guys, including Matt, have listened to it, decide what they hear, and see if they agree. And of course, you know, Matt, Matt's not going to agree with most people <laughs> with, the, with the things they hear in these things. So, 
Uh, he thinks every one's mostly dumb for hearing these misheard lyrics, but it, it was a good time. There's other, um, we had Alex from the Can't Sit Still podcast on in a recent episode as well. Uh, he got to fight with Delavan over whether it's okay to pee in the shower or not. So check that out. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Can't pee tamed is the name of that episode. So yeah, yeah. Come on over, check us out if you want. You guys, uh, listen, impossible, and the uh, Rick and Morty uh, production team <laughs> should like have a competition to come up with the craziest names for their episodes. <laughs> Um, for Mind Grenade, uh, you can find a feed of the podcast on mindgrenadestudios.com. Subscribe on iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been Hector for Jason saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.